Yeah, 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 yeah. You know how we're doing it live, back in action, blasting through your speakers. This is the third and three podcast. This show is presented by the Sports Column. Make sure you give them a follow as well as our podcast page at third and three podcast and the players on the team. When it's third down and three, I know I got my teammates. I can always rely on ladies first. Nikki, great to be back with you. I felt your positive energy on the phone before, before we got on air. And it's happy to talk to you, man, down here in the swamps of sadness in the no sunshine state. How you doing, my friend? I am good. Just finished up a run. I'm a dog. I had a huge day yesterday. So it was good. Happy to be here with you guys. As always, one of the highlights of my week. Absolutely. I feel the same way, and I appreciate that. I love it. I love it. Yeah, here we go. Another one ready to go. And, of course, couldn't do it without our head coach always keeping us in check over here, making sure we don't mess things up. The head coach, the real deal. How you feel, Damian Adams? Feeling good, man. Feeling great. Well, uh, my week, like Nikki said, I love partying with you guys. Always getting down to the nitty gritty, having fun, getting knowledge with Nikki. Mount player, player, rankings. We get everything with us, man. I love it. Get it all, man. Get it all. And we get that laughter in there, too. And I love the fact that the show is just not scripted. We got our topics, and whatever the hell happens, happens. That's why we have so much damn fun in the show. Never know what each other's going to say. A lot of fun. So, hey, guys, last week we closed out the AFC rankings, which means today we begin the NFC rankings, starting out with the NFC East, just as we did with the AFC We'll go division by division, ranking each team's quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. It'll be wide receivers slash tight ends. And once uh, once each division is complete, we'll put together again and have a full NFC ranking to give us a good idea of which teams we expect to see in the playoffs like we did with the AFC. So here we go, guys. Real quick, I had a greatest of male athletes of all time tournament, and it came down to these four out of the 64-man uh, tournament, we're going to get into a little bit later, came down to Michael Jordan, Muhammad Ali, Wayne Gretzky, and Jim Brown. So I thought that was very interesting. And to no surprise, guys, Michael Jordan won. Uh, just another trophy in this case. And I know that he's more proud of this one than anything, you know, coming from us, obviously. But, I mean, is there a tournament that guy doesn't win? I mean, he's, he wins every damn one of them. I mean, you remember when they had that? Yeah, well, you know, and they had that Sports Century, like in the year two thousand or whatever, the greatest athletes, and he was number one. And you know, they had, they put a freaking horse in their secretary secretary at number four. That definitely was not on my list. All right, I hesitated to put golfers in there because I don't even think golf is a sport. But besides that, getting into other stuff over here, we're ready to rock and roll. Neighborhood news going around. Baseball's back in full swing over here. The NBA's starting in less than a week. Antonio Brown making noise again in the NFL. Terrell Owens at 46 years old beating Tyree Kill in a race down the freaking field. How about that one, guys? Whoa. Yeah, T.O. is in amazing shape. Uh, even though the one where he beat Tyree Kill, Tyree gave him a head start. The fact that he could beat Tyreek Hill, you know, when the head started is amazing. I, I, I'm saying. Like, just, he would pass me so fast. It wouldn't even be, like, <laughs> <laughs> it would be so fast. So, T.O., man, shout out to him for being in amazing shape. Looks like he still could play if he was out there. Maybe 
10, 15 plays a game where he still could do it. Yeah, he really is in incredible shape. And, of course, to Tyree Kill's credit, he did, you know, smoke him in the 40-yard dash. It really wasn't even close on that one. But, Nicky, I don't know if you got a clip of that, but Owens, unbelievable, man, really showing that he probably still could play 10, 15 plays, maybe even more. I mean, that guy's in phenomenal shape. Let's just get a team for, for the old guys. Let's just see what they can do, you know? Good right. For him. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a fan of him, but good for him and the older guys that can still do it. I think, yeah, you got uh, Brett Favre golfing with Trump. I mean, lots of Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> Boy, did he get get a lot of hate for that one. That's a whole other political oh, yeah, show in did. itself. Woo! Boy. But, yeah, T.O. said Chad Johnson was smart, really, not to get into that too much. He knew he had no shot. <laughs> so, uh, good move on his part. Good move on him. Stay away. Just, you know, let them – but Tyree Kill, man, unbelievable. Okay, so, look, let's jump into it. Topics of the day. Uh, that we went through NFC East division, which I'm sure Nikki is very eager to get into. And just remember, Nikki, it's not uh, it's a Daniel Jones uh, show now, not uh, the of course Hall of Fame legend, exactly Hall of Fame legend Eli Manning. So we'll see how this one works out over here. And of course, because it is your division with the quarterbacks, I would love it if you would do the honor of going first. much of a homer all right you guys remember i was doing this list remember way back when we had eli romo donovan mcnab in this division like don't you feel old a little bit (laughs) a little bit i do but oh my god all right so this is a heartbreaker but i obviously had to go Dak Prescott here. I mean, it kills me, but, you know, I, I can't be ridiculous. Um, I feel I did. I actually tossed this up a little bit. I feel like you could go Dak or Wentz here. Um, they both have 97 scores. Dak has one more interception than Wentz, but Dak has more passing yards, higher completion percentage, and he has more fourth quarter comebacks and game winning drives. I feel like Dak has a little bit more value as a rusher. And He's always available for his team, which Damian, I think, is one of the biggest things a quarterback can do is be available for his team. So uh, I went to, I went Carson Wentz. Um, Listen, like, I know we can't knock him that much for being injured, but I think that they rushed him back a little bit in 2018. But like I said, he's battled so many injuries. I think his availability is a little bit shaky. Um, last year, it looked like he, you know, he he may do with what he had, you know. So three, I'm going my Giants. I'm going with Eli 2.0. Daniel Jones, my God, you have some big shoes to fill. This is New York, baby. The fans and the media will eat you alive. But thankfully, it looks like, you know, he learned a lot from Eli. He'll be able to handle it. Look, will he lead us to greatness? I don't know. But Gettleman took him over Haskins. So at the moment, it appears Gettleman got that right. Um, Jones' last seven games look pretty good. Over 1,800 yards, 18 passing scores, five picks, 62% completion pass. His ball security issues, which he does need to clean up. But I think eventually he's going to ball out. And four... The Washington football team, which they're going to act like they didn't have all the time in the world to come up with a new name. Dwayne Haskins, I feel like he was rushed. I think they threw him in a little bit too soon. I think that was clear. First game, he throws three interceptions against the Giants, didn't play for a few weeks, then takes over 
his starting duty. So I think there's some potential there. Maybe Ron Rivera showing him some confidence. Maybe he'll take a step forward. But we'll see. That's where I'm at with the quarterbacks for the NFC East. Yeah, well, with Washington especially, they're in, like, no man's land right now. They don't even have a team name. They don't know what's going on. You know, new head coach coming in. They've had, unfortunately, sex scandals going on in there or whatever it may be exactly. I'm not sure of the proper terminology. But they're a big mess right now, and hopefully Dwayne Haskins can somehow rise above and and make things better for them. Oh, boy, oh, boy, man. Oh, God. All right, Damien, what do you got with this one? So, for the QB, I went back and forth a lot on this one. I went with Wentz over Prescott. Now, I understand being available is a big ability, right? And being dependable is a big ability. But having perfect attendance and getting C-plus, B-minus grades versus somebody who may miss a couple of days of school and getting A-pluses is a little different. Oh, I like and that. He does have the ability to give you A-plus performance. I don't know if Prescott really has that ability. With Wentz, when he is healthy, right, which is a big thing, he can be an MVP in his league. We saw it the year that Philly went to the Super Bowl. Right. And he was keeping, he was in the MVP conversation with Tom Brady. And honestly, if he would have stayed healthy, I believe he would have won it. So I got Wentz number one. I also like Jalen Hurts as an option at QB there, but it's to do some different things. At two, I got Dallas. Prescott has been very good. He's somebody who can excel and be better. I believe in his potential to get better. And I like Andy Dalton as a backup as well. Probably best backup in the league right there with Jameis Winston. You go back and forth with that one. Three, I do have Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones. Um, I do believe there's potential there to be good. It's also potential there to be bad. We have to wait and see. In four, I got Washington with Haskins. Didn't see much from him last year that was, you know, any raise for potential or raise to be happy about if you're a Washington football fan. And but I do have a big shout out to um, Alex Smith, who is now available yeah. for the Washington team. So congratulations to him for being able to come back from that horrible leg injury and all the things he dealt with afterwards Oof. from that leg injury and oh. being able to even play ball is amazing. So big shout out to Alex Smith. Yeah, absolutely. it was brutal what happened with him. It's just too bad because when he was finally coming to his own with the 49ers, that's when Kaepernick stepped in and he was amazing. And then Alex Smith, you know, went out to Kansas City, did what he did. And of course, here comes Patrick Mahomes, goes to Washington. Wow, what a roller coaster ride. All right, yo, listen, I don't have much to add, man, because I got the same exact order as you with the same exact thinking. Um, I, I went back and forth with Dak Prescott and Carson once at number one. And durability is such a key factor, as Nikki has mentioned so many times, and I totally agree, and you mentioned it as well. But overall, it came down to this. Even though Carson Wentz is quote-unquote injury-prone, his potential to me is really unlimited. And if I, if I come to this where I say, drop Carson Wentz in on any team and drop Dak Prescott on any team, and I think that Wentz would do a better job. So I know we kind of made that Peyton Manning, Tom Brady comparison last week, but that's what it kind of came down to for me. So, yeah, he's got to prove that he's healthy, and that's one thing that Prescott has done for the Cowboys. But uh, still, Wentz one, Prescott two. I'm going with Daniel Jones three, and it's really not for any other reason than he's – I've definitely seen more out of him than Dwayne Haskins – um, I do think he will take a step this season. He's got a few other weapons that we're going to talk about. Dwayne Haskins at four. To me, he's like a Rubik's Cube at this point. I can't figure him out. I, I'm just really not sure. And that has to do with the lack of weapons. 
he's got one weapon really, and we're going to talk about him in a couple of minutes over here. So uh, that's my order right there. Uh, Wentz, Prescott, Jones, and then Haskins. And, you know, there's not a lot of discrepancy with that guy. So we're pretty much all on the same page over there. And we'll see where it comes down. I'm very interested to see what happens with Prescott and Wentz this season and the Cowboys and the Eagles, uh, you know, overall. So let's do running backs, Damien, if you want to kick this one off. Yeah, this one was another tough uh, rankings right here. I went back and forth between Zeke and Saquon, and I decided to go with Zeke at one. He's been more consistent to me than Saquon. I believe that Saquon depends more on the big play than Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott has improved so much as a pass catcher over his career to add to him just gobbling up yards and doing his eating motion when he's tearing up on you know the rushing side, he's also able to run the route tree now and be a big threat out the back still you know, catching the ball. So I got Zeke one, Saquon two. Saquon's ability and his potential is through the roof. Right? Like he he may be somebody who, if he stays healthy, can be in that conversation for like greatest running backs to ever do it because of his ability to do everything. His speed, his power. He definitely has it all. Um, I think at times he can depend too much on his physical ability and miss getting that four-yard, five-yard game, looking for the 60-yard game. Mm-hmm. So if, once he gets a little more established and takes what the defense gives him a little more, I think he'll be better and probably will pass up Zeke eventually. Uh, number three, I got the Washington football team. Adrian Peterson, at his age, can still get it done. I like Darius Geis, but he hasn't been healthy at all, right? Um, he's somebody who, coming out of LSU, I thought was going to be an absolute monster. If he can finally get healthy, that could be a great one-two punch. Or I went with Philadelphia. Miles Sanders, I do like a lot. I just don't see much punch from their running back position. So I went Cowboys, Giants, Washington, and last, the Eagles for my running backs. Okay, not a terrible list. Not exactly like mine, but I totally see the logic behind that. Um, Nikki, you want to give it a shot over here? Sure. All right. I'm a, uh, Amy, I'm a little insulted, but, you know, that's all right. We're, we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so what do you, like, when you look, think of a running back, right, what are the three most important traits, right? Vision, burst, not speed, burst, ability to accelerate, and receiving ability, right? So I went one, Saquon, okay, because I think he has all three of those, bar none, hands down. I mean, I think you could put Saquon anywhere. He's so versatile, and he will fit in any scheme, where I feel like if you have a McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, very specific, but I feel like with Saquon, you could kind of fit him in anywhere. His skill set is at such a high level level he is like as big and as strong as a linebacker but he runs like a freaking gazelle like i just love watching him run and his potential to break for a huge game like you know it's coming once a game it is coming and i just sit there with bated breath waiting for it um he does dance around the line a little bit. He's got to work on that. But I just think his sheer athleticism is elite, and that's why I have him over Zeke because I have a hot take here. I think Zeke has peaked a little bit. Ooh. A little bit. But, yep. Yeah, um, he's 
still consistently super productive, but that's kind of the point. This guy's like 25 years old, and they've run him into the ground already. Um, I know they got Pollard, too, but I think – so because I had nothing else to do. I watched – go back and watch 2018 Zeke and 2019 Zeke. He, listen, still amazing running back, but he's just a touch slower. So I think we're going to see a little bit of a drop-off, but look, he's got an elite offensive line. He's had a great surrounding cast around him, so I don't think we'll see much, but I don't think he's as athletic as Saquon is. Three – Answer here to you, Damian. I went three Eagles for Washington, but maybe it's because the Eagles burned me so the Giants so bad that I just feel like, you know, this guy, Boston Scott, had a career friggin' day against us. So I'm like, I hate this guy. Maybe I think they're amazing. Um, Sanders is quick, shifty, Boston Scott, limited action. I think he's the spark plug behind Sanders. I think they're a good fit together, but, you know, we'll see. It does feel disrespectful putting Adrian Peterson at four, um, but really, I mean, what what are we working with here? There, yeah, Juice Gibson. Um, do you guys know that Gibson trained as a wide receiver? So he's still new to the position. Um, so I just think that, listen, they've got good old AP dependable, and that's pretty much all they've got. Oh, all right. Well, I think that one of the interesting things with, you know, uh, especially Ezekiel Elliott, like you said, they've been running him into the ground. And another thing is that when you get paid, it changes people a little bit. And maybe he's not running as hard because he's got that money and, you know, he wants to keep getting that money. I'm not putting words in his mouth, but you see that a lot out of athletes nowadays. Nikki, I agree with your list. I got Saquon at number one because to me, he's the best running back in the league, even over McCaffrey and Henry. And other guys, he's so dynamic. People forget what he did in his rookie season. Last year, he was hurt. They add Deion Lewis over here, so he's another guy. And that's check down city for a guy like Daniel Jones, where you could throw either one of these guys the ball and they can make a play. So I love it. They could do out of the backfield, too. There's You can't argue with Ezekiel Elliott. Tony Pollard, I don't know if he wants a contract or not. But again, Zeke, still, like you said, Nick, he can really do it all, especially runner. You know, you need that third one. He can usually get it for you. He got stuffed a few times last year. It was really weird, but still um, going into his, what, fifth season now? I think he's still got a lot left. Three, I went with Philly. Uh, Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. What I saw in Miles Sanders in the second half of last season was really, you know, fantastic. It was great. It was supposed to be, you know, Jordan Howard, but Sanders stepped in and he really did it all. And he was an intricate part of that team when they had no wide receivers. He was making catches out of the backfield and doing it all. And four, I got the Redskins because Adrian Peterson, as much as I love him, I don't know how much more he can do. Darius Geis, like you said, Damian, we're waiting on. They even got Peyton Barber. I, I don't know what that's going to freaking do for you, except spell a couple of you know uh, plays here and there. So Washington, so far not looking good in my rankings. Fourth in quarterbacks, fourth in running backs. We'll see if they're fourth and wide receivers as we get to that now. And we got one more segment we're going to get to before we go to our break. So as we hit wide receivers over here, I'm going to take a first stab at this one, guys. And it's a real shocker to me when I was doing it, going through the list, because this team did not have wide receivers last year, and they made the playoffs really without them. And that's a testament to Carson Wentz and why he's number one on my quarterback list. And that's the Eagles. Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, Jalen Rager, who I'm hearing great things about. Greg Ward, okay, whatever. They got Marquise Goodwin, who's a speedster. But if you add in Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, 
Now we're really freaking talking. We got a lot of guys to throw the ball to over there if you're a Philly fan. So I think the depth and the, you know, what they can bring in over Deshaun Jackson and Jeffrey, you know, they're no spring chickens anymore. I understand that, but they got other guys to come in and fill in. It was tough this one going number two. I went with Dallas. So when Amari Cooper, Mike, Michael Gallup, and of course, C.D. Lamb coming in, we don't know what he's going to do in the NFL level yet, but the potential is wide open for him. Then you add in Blake Jarwin. I understand that. Not a big play guy, but he's now their guy with uh, Jason Witten out of there. Number three, I went with your Giants, Nikki Sterling Sharp, Golden Tate. Darius Slayton did a good job last year, and Evan Ingram is one of the most underrated tight ends in the league. So they even have a pretty decent wide receiving core to go along with Barkley and Lewis. And number four, yep, Washington again, number four on every list because there's Terry McLaurin and then a bunch of guys that you don't freaking know and I don't know and nobody knows. Maybe you know Cody Latimer or, or Kelvin Harmon or something like that, but that is it. There is nothing left there for Washington I'm not sure, guys. If they're going to win any games this year, it's going to have to be like, you know, 10 to 3. It's going to have to be in their defense. I don't see him scoring a lot. That's my list right there, Nikki and Damian. Great. Uh, good list. You definitely explained it very well. Um, I'll go ahead and go second on this one and leave the best for last. Thank you. So for me, I went Dallas first. Um, Amari Cooper is top 10 guy. If he's not top 10, he's around the edge of being a top 10 receiver. Um, I do believe he got overpaid. There's no way he should be making the same amount as Michael Thomas, but he got his money. Um, Gallup is a really good receiver. I believe CeeDee Lamb has the potential to be great. Love his route running ability. Very pro-ready. Um, Philly, I went second. I love the tight ends. Love the tight ends. Yeah. But wide receiver-wise, I think that getting over the hill here, and you got guys who you can truly with Deshaun Jackson, Jeffrey Goodwin, you could call them the, if we could say, healthy crew. And <laughs> with them, it does come into hand. It comes into play a little bit more because not only, they're not missing one, two games. They're missing six, seven, eight games. And when you come into now that territory, you're affecting the whole season. But that's what put Philly at two for me. Three, I went with New York. I love Golden Tate. I thought it was horrible having him last year with that suspension. That was I thought that was stupid. Um, Shepard, I think, is a good receiver. He's more of a number three guy. Slayton can be good for them. And four, went with the Washington football team. To say that it called the football team, I don't have many good football players. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I went with them for all the things that um, Jason said. They only have one guy who's truly going to be somebody who you know. You might, like you said, you might know Cody Lattimore just from his name, but – yeah, they don't have too many good guys there. So I went with Dallas, Philly, New York, and then Washington. Yeah, I hear you, man. Dallas and Philly was was a flip-flop for me, especially with C.D. Lamb and his potential. So I understand that. We know how Amari Cooper is probably the best out of the entire group right there. But I think what tilted me, Damien, was the tight ends for Dallas. I know Nikki ain't going that way because she was like, what? As soon as I said the, the Philly. So I can't wait to hear what her list is. Go ahead, Nikki. <laughs> no, in order as Damien does. So, listen, I, I went Cowboys first. Um, but I get what you're saying because it is a toss-up. And listen, Philly, like, I hate Deshaun Jackson. I, I hate this guy. Oh, I have I'm sure. Years, okay? <laughs> because he has broken my heart so many times. I 
cannot even tell you I've been at games like and I've just like almost broken down in tears like I hate this guy like they just crush the Giants all the time as much as I hate them I probably should put them at one but like Damon said, like, if this could be the, can this group stay healthy? If they can, look out. They may jump to one. But, yeah, Cowboys at one, they probably have the best three wide receivers probably in the division. I feel like you could use them all over the field. They create a ton of mismatches. It's a nightmare for DBs. So I've got Cowboys one, um, Eagles two. I got Giants three. I like what I see out of them. Slayton, Tate, Shepard. Uh, yes, Damian, that was really stupid. Um, it's a shame we didn't get a full season out of Tate. Um, but I think, you know, Shepard, he's always impressive. He's a great option for Daniel Jones. Slay, he's a little refinement, but he's a big, big, big play threat. And yeah, I'm sorry, I got Washington for, um, you know, I don't know, they got one guy there that maybe we know of that they're trying to build around. So too many question marks for me to even consider them anything but four. Yeah, uh, it looks like we're pretty much all in agreement on that one. Uh, there's no doubt. And there was another agreement made, and I want to get to this before the break, between the Jets and the Seattle Seahawks. Jamal Adams, the best safety, in my opinion, going to Seattle, which destroys me because the 49ers are in that division, and it's going to make our mediocre passing game that much more mediocre. And this was a big deal, man. Listen, Damian, real quick, I don't want to spend too much time because I, you know I don't want to hit the break too fast, but... As great as Adams is, and he's going to add uh, to that with, you know, Quentin Dunbar and Shaquille Griffin, there's no doubt about it. Two first-round picks, man, for the Jets, who we know aren't going to be anything for at least two to three, maybe even more years, to get those two first-round picks, which will be somewhere in the high teens, low 20s. Uh, you know, I know it's not great first round, but I think that the Jets made a really good deal, and it's obvious Seattle is going all in. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. I like the deal on both sides. If you have a disgruntled player and you're able to get two first-round picks along with two other picks for him, you did a great job. You did a great job in that deal. Um, with Seattle, in their glory days, with the Legion of Boom, what was the key? Having safeties like Earl Thomas. Yep. Now that you add a safety like Jamal Adams, that defense may be able to get back to somewhat being a defense that scares you. Last year, that defense didn't scare you at all. With Jamal Adams, it changed the dynamic completely. Love the deal for both sides. Yeah, I, I love it too. And then you got a guy like Bobby Wagner, who's you know the middle linebacker, one of the most underrated linebackers in the league on that team. That defense could be back, Nikki. It's it's getting kind of scary with a guy like Jamal Adams back there. Yeah, I would love to see Seattle get back to their their old form. No, Come on, you know, stop. say so i know seattle's very happy i think the jets front office is very happy with the steel it's definitely one of those blockbuster types um uh, you know the jets got a, a lot back for for adams and gave up i think a fourth rounder for next year coming up uh which you know fourth rounder hey it could turn out to be a pro bowl so you never know but yeah for first two first round picks for like you guys said a disgruntled player who wanted out who was probably not going to give you his all this season 
and you don't know what it's going to be like in the locker room, yeah, you make that deal right there, and I have no problem with it. It's not even in division. It's out of conference, so no problem with the Jets making that move right there. And they're a team that we talked about in the AFC East going back a few weeks ago that needs a lot of help, so hopefully they'll get that there. Guys, you're listening to the 3rd and 3 podcast over here, again, presented by the Sports Column. My name is Jason Fearman on Twitter at SportsProfit1. We got Danny in the real deal. Where are you at, buddy? Tell him real quick. D, did I lose you? Oh, there you are. All right. Yeah, just tell him where I can find you on Twitter real quick before we go to break. Oh, it's the real deal, WDA. That's on all social media platforms. All right, all right. Yeah, his solo show freaking rocks, man. It's awesome. And Nikki, tell him where they can find you as well before we hit this break real quick. At Nikki Nick, 9384, Twitter, Instagram, and yes, check out Damien's most recent podcast. It was amazing. I loved it. Listen to it on my way to work. He did a great job, Damien. Hell yeah. No doubt, no doubt. Excellent job. So we're coming back. Third and three podcast. Mount Play a Play a theme of this week is best play and nicknames in sports. And, of course, we got knowledge with Nikki. Can't wait. Guys, we'll be back after this really quick commercial break. Gotta like that smoothness right there as we come back in the third and three podcast, kicking your ass. You know how we do it. We went over the Jamal Adams deal. He's now a Seahawk, much to my dismay. We started off the NFC conference with the NFC East, Nikki's division over there. Very hopeful, but it looks like after our rankings, it may belong to either the Cowboys or Eagles. But then again, you never know. So here we go, back ready to rock and roll. Damien's in the house. Nikki's here. I'm here. There's a freaking fly in my damn studio. All right, now for real. I'm not kidding around, guys. I'll talk to you for a second off air. It's flying right by my eyes and taunting me. It's, again, I told you. This is what I was saying to you. This is ridiculous. It's insane. And I was saying to you guys real quick off air, I don't understand. If you're a fly and you're a tiny little thing, why would you fly near a giant? And compared to a fly, I'm a freaking giant. You got to be that stupid. And I, you know what? I, I didn't want to say it and reenact it, but it's the truth. This thing is taunting the hell out of me and it's driving me crazy because I can't get it. And I can't see it either. Once it goes past my eyes, it's gone. It's like going through dimensions or something like that. Oh, God. I didn't want to start on a rant, but jeez. It's going to be a rant of the week. It's going to be a rant of the afternoon. That's a great point. Like, if I was a fly, you... I would think I would stay away from human beings. Yeah, man. Yeah, I probably just like land on like you know an apple or something, like some fruit. Like I'm probably not gonna try to get myself smushed. Right? You know how much leftovers I got in my garbage can? Go in there, man. Come on. <laughs> Jeez. Trying to ruin my morning over here on third and three. You can't do that. You can't ruin my morning. What are you kidding me? I'm with Damien and Nikki. This is how it goes down over here. Now play a player time. Told you the theme was best. Player 
nicknames in sports. Guys, I wrote down like 700 of them. I know my partners did also. We're going to try to do our top four, maybe spit a few out afterwards. But here we go. Top four. Who's going to be the brave one? Nikki, you want to go for it? You want to give us the first one? Sure. I'm sure we all have it on our list, though. But Air Jordan is number one for me because... Like, what nickname captures an athlete better than Air Jordan, you know? Yeah, I mean, he's on all the lists, there's no doubt. Air Jordan, I mean, it's just like when you were a kid, you remember that Air Jordan and you had the symbol in your head. So, yeah, Damien, it's it's hard not to have him again on a list that, that he would probably win. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, no, everything he did was cool. The nickname Air Jordan. Also, like, nicknamed his airness. Because, like, royalty. Yep. That's good. Yep. So, yeah, I, I definitely have no problem with him being on the mount. Player, player of nicknames. <laughs> yeah, everything he did was good except his Hall of Fame speech. That was god awful. So, hopefully, they don't replay that. <laughs> that was a disaster. Oh, boy. Right. That's right. That's true. Where there's bad, there's good. That's right. Way to go. (laughs) All right, D. What do you got, man? So for my first one, I have to pay homage. You guys mentioned my podcast earlier, which is called The Real Deal with Damian Adams. I am a huge boxing guy. Oh. So I wouldn't have that nickname for my show, and people wouldn't call me The Real Deal without Evander, The Real Deal. Holy shit. Yes. Yes. Yeah, his... He definitely lived up to his nickname, one of the greatest to ever do it. People forget about him being a great cruiserweight before he was a heavyweight. Right. One of the greatest cruiserweight boxer of all time. And then the heavyweight gave us great, you know, the Mike Tyson fights, the Riddick Bowl fights. So many great. I think he's the most underappreciated boxer in history. So the homage to Vander, the real deal. Holy I, I, I love it. it. I love it. I was kind of hoping you weren't going to say it because I wrote it down to pay homage to you. That's that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to say, oh, man. But but you you were in my heart, brother. You were in my heart, so I had it written down. But you know what? It belongs to you. That's yours. And one more thing about Evander Holyfield. He didn't do it on purpose, but he had a fight with Hasim Rahman where they bumped heads, and Rahman actually grew another head out of the side oh, of his man. head. Do you remember that? Oh, that my was, God. So <laughs> I was scared to death. I thought that his face was going to blow up. I literally did. I was so scared. I'm like, this guy's going to die, God forbid. Wow. Oh, boy. Well, talk about boxing. Uh, I'm going to go with one, and I'm going to make it a double because they fought probably the best two or three rounds I've ever seen. Now, the fight lasted. It went the distance, believe it or not, after the beatdown. But it was a fight back in the 80s between marvelous Marvin Hagler and Tommy the Hitman Hearns. Those are boxing beautiful names right there. And I love it. They belong together. If you guys ever get a chance, watch their fight the first round or two. You will, you'll think it's Rocky versus Drago. That's exactly what you'll think it is because they are just hammering away at each other. So I know that's not the most well-known, but them together, Hagler and Hearns, marvelous Marvin, Tommy the Hitman. Yep, I got you guys back, fellas. So the, that's that's my first one. Yeah, no, those are great picks. I went back and watched that fight several times. I've had episodes where I've gone over like the most rewatchable fights, and that was one of my picks. Definitely 
classic nicknames that those two guys earned. Like Marvis, he Marvin was marvelous, and yes. the Hitman Earns was a Hitman in that ring. They definitely earned those nicknames. Great choices. No doubt. Thank you very much, sir. I appreciate that. And since you complimented me so well, would you like to go next? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll go ahead. I'll skip Nikki, and I'll go next here. (laughs) And I like nicknames that are so synonymous with the person that we forget their real name. Ooh. And for my next nickname, it's for George Herman Ruth. No, better known as Babe Ruth. Oh. Very good. This man had a real name. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's, a, <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> I like that. So with Babe Ruth, you know, one of the greatest baseball players of all time, his legend is massive. I learned about him first on the Sandlot growing up as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I had to give some love there to Babe Ruth because – like I said, I didn't know his real name until today when I looked it up, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And, yeah, you know what? He had a lot of nicknames. The Sultan of Swat, he had that nickname. He had um, uh, the King of Crash. He had so many nicknames. Forget about it. So, yeah, that was the babe back in, uh, you know, 1645 when I guess nobody else could. He, he hit 60 home runs. That was more than other teams. So, that's why when you saw in the tournament how high Babe Ruth is ranked, uh, there you go right there. And Dame, Dame, just mentioned he's known by the Babe, and he has a name. So that's that's awesome, man. I love that. I love that. All right, Nikki, give me a good one here. All right, my second one, Carl Malone, the mailman. Oh. Basically imposing consistent throughout his entire career, but mostly because we probably got the best trash-talking line we ever got to hear when Scotty Pippen told him the mailman doesn't deliver on Sunday. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That is a wonderful <laughs> line. That is a wonderful line, no doubt. Wow. Yep. And, uh, you know, he, he delivered a lot. I think that he's second most in uh, points of score to all time. So, Carmelo, no doubt, great player and uh, obviously a great nickname to go along with it. Well done, Nikki. Well done right there. All right, let yeah. me see. Uh, yeah. yeah, Damien, yeah, I, I, that, that that goes. I don't think Stockton ever got a nickname, did he? No, I don't remember John Stockton having a nickname. He was very dependable as well. So whatever that dependable job is that you think of, he probably should have got that one to go along with the mailman because they're so connected in their history. So he probably should have got one to, to go along with the mailman. But like you said, great nickname. It definitely fit Carl Malone because he was so dependable throughout his career. Delivered all the time except on Sunday in NBA Finals. All right, that's yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, maybe smelling another Mount Player Player theme coming up somewhere down the road. All right, I'm gonna, I got so many. I'm going to go with another one that I just love. When you're called the human highlight reel, that just means that you are fantastic and you are Dominique Wilkins and you are a slam dunk champion. The human highlight reel is just a fantastic name to go along with his ability and jump through the roof and do the amazing things that he did. All credit to Michael Jordan, but you know what? Dominique Wilkins was right there with him as good of a dunker. Damien, you know this, bro. Yes. Now, the human highlight reel, I had it on my list. One of the greatest nicknames. He definitely lived up to it. Some of the dunks he did, not only in the dunk contest, but in-game. Right. Were simply amazing when people describe, like, there's a player in the NBA who didn't talk to Dominique Wilkins for, like, seven years after he dunked on him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he definitely has one of the best highlight reels of all time. So he's 
that nickname is definitely fitting. I love that pick. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you. I, I, I like that with the human highlight reel. Great nickname. I remember it back from when I was a kid. Awesome. This bug is still in here. Oh, I can't wait. When this show is over, what I'm going to do, forget about it. All right, Nikki, let's hear another one of yours. <laughs> <laughs> this fly has no idea what's coming. I'm going to torture it. It's a it's it's not going to be just death. It's not going to be like this death row walk. I am going to torture this thing. I am going to forget about it. The things I shouldn't even be wow. saying on air right now. Yep. It's pissing right. me off that much. All right. <laughs> Save me with something good, Nikki. Um, how Broadway Joe, baby. Yeah. I mean, who Broadway Joe, definitely one I had on my list. No doubt about it. Yes, that name, I mean, more fitting than anything. You know, we got like a Joe Cool and then there's a Broadway Joe. Yeah, I'll stick with Broadway. Not a bad one right there. Let me get another one of mine in over here. And I, God, I have so many to choose from. But here's one that's so different. But it, oh, did I get it? Oh, I almost got the fly. Damn. All right. Uh, here's another one that's so good. Reggie White, the Minister of Defense, because, again, of his reverend type background and everything and what he did and how he would preach in the locker room the minister of defense basically i own all defenses in the nfl i am the one i am the minister and if anybody thinks they're better than me come try me the minister of defense reggie white god rest your soul brother i mean damian nikki you guys know that guy was a beast and one of the biggest reasons not brett Favre, that they won that super bowl against the patriots back in 1996 yeah, no, Reggie White, one of the greatest, greatest defensive players of all time, the Minister of Defense, great nickname, cannot argue against that at all. I like it, I like it. All right, let's hear another one of yours, man. So this next one, I think that Nicky will like. He was a former New York Giant, played at the University of Kentucky. Uh, rest in peace to him, Jared Lorenzen, better known as the hefty lefty. He was a bigger guy, um, but definitely had skills and, you know, rest in peace to him. But he had a a great college career and was able to get a Super Bowl ring with the Giants. That's a good one. I didn't even think about that one. That is the hefty lefty. Yes, big number 13, I think it was. Wow, how about that? Nice job. Very good. Very good. All right, Nikki, you got another goodie? The juice. Like, here's the thing, though. But because I feel like he has to be on there. Like, not only was the nickname the great, like, you know what? He was a world-class athlete. Too bad he's not ever going to be remembered for that. Because you know what? I still can't wrap my head around this whole thing. But what a great nickname. And that, maybe we need a whole show on that. Because (laughs) it's just, like, mind-blowing to me. But you know what? Long live the juice. Long live the white Bronco car chase, our first dose of reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really was, right? Not bad. Not bad. All right. All right. All right. Let's keep it going a little bit over here. We'll do a few more, then we'll get into knowledge with Nikki. Um, I'm going to pick over here. Uh, bas- you know what? Basketball has the greatest nicknames, the most nicknames. I mean, they seem to come out like from birth. But this one right here, the Hick from French Lick. 
Larry Bird, I mean, come on. You want to rhyme with the nickname? <laughs> you want to describe somebody from where they're from? I, he just looked like he was born on a farm, not born out of like a mother's womb, like actually born from a farm, like came through the grass. And that's Larry Bird. So he's <laughs> the, the heck from French, like Larry Bird, man. I'll do it all day to love it. <laughs> that's an awesome nickname. I love how he leaned into that nickname with his trash talk. Yeah. It was, yeah, it definitely just fit him so well. Oh, yeah, he could talk trash, man. He definitely could. He can get under your skin, no doubt, no doubt. All right, let's see if we get a couple of more in here, guys. Uh, all right, Damien, let's see before we get into knowledge with Nikki. Yeah, we got to go with prime time. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I figured you guys would have it, so I didn't put it on my list. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's one of the greatest nicknames of all time. When it was prime time, he lived up to it and was always willing to show out, entertain the fans. And who was more entertaining in prime time than Deion Sanders? So it definitely fit, man. Prime time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Everybody knows prime time, right, Nikki? Yeah, prime time, you think of Deion Sanders immediately. Of course. Of course you do. No doubt. And then Joe Namath. That'll be our dinner fight. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Maybe get into that later. We'll see. All right, Nikki, you got uh, you got another goody goody for us. Uh, another goody goody, Mister October. Yeah, nice right. one. How could you not? Very nice. Yeah, on your guys' list too. Yep. Right, of course, Reggie yeah. Jackson, monster in the uh, postseason, held a three straight World Series, and then on to New York for two more. Mr. October. Wonderful job right there. All right. I like it. I like it. I'm going to give you my last one and then just get, spit a few at, at you without going into detail. Pistol Pete Maravich. That just rolls off your tongue. That's just fantastic. Again, basketball. Pistol Pete Maravich. Pistol. That was like so many people's f- favorite player growing up. Just the things that he could do on the court, especially in college. Uh, when college basketball was even way bigger than today when going back into like 50s, 60s, 70s era. So Pistol Pete Maravich, hockey, yeah, you got the great one on Wayne Gretzky. You got the Dominator, Dominic Hasek, the goalie. The Dominator, that's a pretty freaking cool nickname. I like that right there. And I'll end it off with something that can describe nobody better who plays their sport. Ted Williams, one of the best hitters of all time, nicknamed Teddy Ballgame. That's so freaking cool. Like Johnny Football, Johnny Football, get lost. Teddy Ball game, you're in. You're in the club, bro. So I went with that. I went a few more of those. So I don't know if you guys had any more to spit out before uh, before we get into knowledge of Nikki. I'd love to hear a couple more. Yeah, I got a couple more to spit out. Sean Kemp, Rain Man. Oh, good. That's a really good one for somebody who brought the rain when he was dunking on people. Uh, me being a former Navy guy, veteran. Got to go with the Admiral. Nice. Nice. Really great nickname for him there. Uh, and also, I love half bad, half amazing. My favorite basketball player of all time, Vince Carter. That's a great nickname. Half man, half amazing. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. That's such a dope nickname. And finally, Allen Iverson, the answer. The answer. Yep. I got the answer for you. <laughs> nicknames, man. That is a dope one. I love that one right there. Yep, I had that on my list too. All right, Nikki, you got a few over for uh, you challenge Damien and myself over here? Well, I was going to throw it back to you guys because on a personal note, did you guys grow up with any nicknames? Like, 
Well, it, they, they, they played off my last name. My last name is Fearman, so I wouldn't really call it a nickname, but everybody called me Fears growing up. Just like Fears, oh, okay. F-E-A-R-S. So I wouldn't call, other than, you know, Your Majesty, which I was called often. No, that was really it. <laughs> uh, that was pretty good. That's a pretty good um, nickname. Really? Jeez. Well, you know. Nickelodeon. Damien, do you have any? Excellent. I love it. Yep. Everybody's got a nickname. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And I gave one to Nikki. I called her Tricky Nikki because of knowledge with Nikki. So in light of that, I would like to uh, just play you a little something real quick. This beat is my recital. I think it's very vital. To rock around. That's right. On top. It's tricky. It's the place. Here we go. It's tricky to rock around. To rock around. That's right. On top. It's tricky. It's tricky, 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 tricky. I could not resist, Nikki. I could not help myself. <laughs> oh my goodness! I just, I seriously just, I could not resist. It had, it popped in my head. I'm like, oh, they're gonna love this one. So had to do it. Couldn't tell you. Had to save it. Love every second of it. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad you approved. I'm glad you approved. It wouldn't without. It wouldn't without. Oh man. So yeah, that brings us to knowledge with Nikki. Here we go. Last week, uh, yeah, we did a little bit better, but uh, let's see what happens now. You never know what she's got up her sleeve. She is tricky Nikki, so let's see what happens. All right, guys. We have the Madden edition of Knowledge of Nikki this week. Oh. Uh, you guys are going to do good. I, I really, I feel it. I said it last week. You guys did good. I think you're being even better this week. Who goes first? Damien, you go first this week? Yes. Yeah, right. Again, I, I lost my gaming skills a long time ago, but I'll take a crack at Sega Genesis. No, Xbox. <laughs> oh, okay, well, yeah, that makes more sense. I'm so freaking old, I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, switch from Xbox to Xbox 360. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't play like, a lot of 
So after Madden, who took over? Definitely, yeah, playing music while I'm playing Madden. Um, I'm gonna go with Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels. Yeah. Uh, All right. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to give it a shot here. I'm gonna go with um. Okay, after Madden left, was it? Oh, Jesus, this is tough. Well, I thought it was Al, Al. I was going to say Al Michaels is one. So I thought. It is not Al Michaels. Oh, it's not? Really? Oh, wow. Jeez. He gets, do I get a, a point, like a, a point for this? Yeah. yeah, he should get something. Yes, okay, yeah, so I'll give you a point. But you didn't get correct. Collinsworth. But ah. it's somebody else. Okay, so somebody else snuck in with. I mean, it wasn't. Uh, what's his name? Uh, John Gruden. No. Okay, I'm out. Oh, ah, old Patty Pats. Okay. All right. All right. Good question. All right, Jamie, you ready for the last one? Yes, ma'am. All right. Who is the lowest rated player in Madden 20? The lowest rated player? Oh, my God. Wow. Uh, um, I have to go with my man, Nathan Peterman. Whew. No. That's a hell of a guess. I like that. Madden 20, lowest rated. Uh, I, I I don't want to ask the question because I almost feel like it's cheating, so I'm not going to ask. I'll just go with it. Um, wait, is Madden 20 the one that came out last year that people played already, or it's the one coming out? The one that came out last year. One, okay, okay, okay. Thank you. That helps a lot. Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to I know this is sick, but I'm going to say Josh Allen. No. Okay. It is the Saints long snapper, Zach Wood. Oof. Uh, Ooh. She threw you in a little Saints one right there. All right. All right. I tried. I tried. Yeah, I should have known that. That's tough, though. All right, Nick. I believe it was 1992. No. Damn it. Uh, I'm going to go with 93. No. 91. 1989. Oh, really? No kidding. Shoot. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Number two. What year? Oh, I'm sorry. What was the first year Madden featured franchise mode? Ooh. I'm going to say 2005. No. Shit. I have a steal. Uh, I'm going to go with, I think it was a bit earlier than that, for the franchise mode. I'm going to go with 98. Oh, my God. I I would give you the point if Jay says, okay, it's 97. Of course they say, okay, he's off by one year. Absolutely. <laughs> Hundred percent. Very, very good. Nice job. Last one. Here we go. Which team has the best overall rating rating in Madden 07? Madden 07. Okay, so that would be the year beforehand. 
I would have to say... I think it was the Steelers. No. Damn. We're having um, a deal. We have to go with the Patriots. I think on paper, that team has to be very the best. No, actually, it was... The Colts? The Colts. I was going to yeah. say the Colts. So you heard me say it. That was my second guess. Damn it. Doesn't count. Ah! I should have stuck with my instinct. Should have stuck with my instinct. Well, because they won the Super Bowl the year before. So I'm thinking, all right, you know, it probably is them, but maybe it's not because the Steelers won the year before. That's whatever. So, yeah, back and forth in my head I went and uh, I blew it. Ah. <laughs> oh, man, I love these questions, Nikki. I do have a bonus one for you. Oh, it's here. I'm not going to Oh wow! I is this for her and me or for both? Both. I I I, th- I, I don't know. I think he was on the cover. I'm not a hundred percent. Wait, yeah, I think he was. Was it Achilles Smith? No, no, nah, he wasn't on the cover. He wasn't on the cover. No, I'm talking about Peyton Hillis. The, remember the one year? One oh my year. gosh, he was on the cover. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! They put him on the cover. What were they thinking? Yeah, hell's the matter with them? I, I do not know. Yeah, yeah, that one decent year they put him on the cover of Madden. That's some pretty sick stuff right there. I think they need to get their head checked. But the, <laughs> that's nuts, Peyton Hillis. I mean, what do you rush for? Like four hundred and fifteen yards that year at the most. I mean, that that's a little sick. That's crazy. Nuts, nuts. Damien took me down this week in knowledge with Nikki. Damn it, he did it. Tricky Nikki, that's what you are, and you pulled it off again. <laughs> Good questions right there. Good stuff. Good stuff. Again, she comes through. She does it by herself every week. Comes up with these questions. I don't know how, but it's a beautiful thing. Guys, we still got a few more for you. We're going to come back with a third and final segment of the day. We got a great debate going here. It's kind of feeding off of the tournament that I had, um, uh, again, on Twitter, which, of course, Michael Jordan won. We're going to talk about the best athletes ever. And we can compartmentalize that in many different categories. We're going to get to it a lot more. You guys hang tight. We'll be back in a minute. Damn, we play some good music on the station over here. We're killing it, man. Third and three podcasts. We love it. We throw back to the 80s, the 90s, and beyond. We even go into the future if you feel like it. That's what we do here. Third and three. Damian, Nikki, and me, Jason Fearman. We have been rocking and rolling. We did Mount Play a Player, sports team nicknames. We did Jamal Adams to trade over to Seattle, which I'm really upset about, but I'll get over it. And, uh, of course, we started off our NFC rankings with the NFC East and Nikki's team in there, the New York Giants, hoping to improve off of a miserable season. So uh, we will move on, of course. And now it is time for the great debate. The great debate has now become part of the third and three show. We got a great debate every week. We don't know what the hell we're going to say, but we're going to say it. It's going to come out of our mouth and you're going to listen. So here's how it's going to rock and roll. We got our top four. And again, this is based off the tournament that we did on Twitter. 
Um, it was a 64-man tournament. We came down to the top four. You guys had picked Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, Jim Brown, Muhammad Ali, and, of course, Michael Jordan won because he wins everything. So we decided to get our top four in there and play off of your top four as well as to what you voted for in these last two long weeks. So without further ado, let's get into this bad boy right now. Um, look, again, uh, our list could be a little bit different, and I'm going to say a few things during this list, why I think certain players may not belong on it and why they do, but here we go. We're ready to rock and roll. Nikki, Damian, I'm going to take the first one if you don't mind, and I know that we have this guy on our list, so I'm going to save him for a minute for you, Nikki, all right? But the guy who, some guy who didn't make it very far in the tournament, who I thought would, and I'm really not understanding why, because he was the best at his position in the NFL. He was an excellent baseball player and would have been much better if he devoted more time to the game. John Smoltz was quoted as saying, and I'm paraphrasing, that if Deion Sanders wanted to be a full-time baseball player, that he could have been, and he would have been one of the best leadoff hitters in the game. And he wasn't saying it because he was his teammate. He said it like a year ago. All right. We know what Bo could do, and Bo might come up over here, but Dion did it, and Dion did it for a long period of time. Also, again, you gotta you gotta factor in the longevity of it and what he was able to do on the football field, what he can do on the baseball field, how fast he was, the athlete he was. Dion Sanders to me, if we're just talking athletic ability and there are other things that go into it, popularity championships, winning, um, even cultural significance, so many things. But Deion Sanders is absolutely on my list. Damian and Nikki, what do you think? Great pick. Awesome pick in Deion Sanders. With all those things you mentioned that could be in your criteria, right? Athleticism, cultural impact, accomplishments. He has it all, yep. right? He has the athleticism, you know, one of the, if not the fastest guy in NFL history, one of the fastest, best cornerback of all time. You mentioned that he was a pretty good baseball player who, if he would have played baseball full-time, probably would have challenged Ricky Henderson and stolen bases when you think about his speed. Mm, maybe. Yep. Good call. Very good call. So when you think about the best athletes of all time, he fits all the criteria. He was on my list. Prime time. I mentioned him earlier. One of the best nicknames. He has it all. So you got to put Deion Sanders there. Oh, thank you very much. Nikki, would you agree that uh, as far as athletes and, again, all the other things that uh, Damian just mentioned so eloquently, would you agree that Dion belongs in the top four somewhere? Um, it's okay yeah, to say probably. no. Top so, four or five. I think he's definitely somewhere in there. Okay. How far did he get on the Twitter poll? Uh, I, I was shocked. He was out by the uh, the second round. Uh, I forgot who beat him off the top of my head. I'm not going to you know go look back right this really? second. but uh, yeah, Well, Olympics are very interesting, right? Because, I mean, it's not just Olympics, Damien. I know that they do have tournaments and and um, and other things like that, whether it's swimming or track and field throughout the year and stuff. But we base it all off of, you know, gold and silver and bronze medals. Right, Damien? So it's kind of it's, it's yeah. interesting. No, when you think about Michael Phelps, you got to put him in the conversation. When he got the fact that he dominated his his 
sport the way he did, it was simply amazing. Like, you could put him up there with, like, a Tiger Woods when you think about dominance in that way with somewhere to do it for that long, for that period of time. And you think about Olympics being four years apart and him still being able to rack up that many gold medals over that, that time period and also the world championships, like you mentioned, during those other tournaments. Yeah, Michael Phelps definitely has to be in the conversation. Usain Bolt. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. We talk about guys like Jesse Owens and Carl Lewis. Yeah, we could talk a, a lot about Olympians who do a lot more than just run, jump, uh, you know, whatever. There's there's a lot to it, and they train for four years for that moment. It's that big a thing, and we can even do a whole other segment on that, guys, all together. But to keep the ball rolling, Damian, who do you got as maybe your number one on your list right now? My number one is Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Right. Um, you think about athleticism, like you mentioned, the guy had a 48-inch vertical. 48. Like, that's just dumb. Just, <laughs> um, there's rumors that he was able to run like a 4 4 and a 40. I don't know if that's true, but the fact that that's even believable tells you how athletic this guy was. Um, his smoothness on the court, six championships. So he has all the accomplishments, 10 scoring titles. And in basketball, I feel like basketball players usually rank over other sports because they can dominate on both ends. So with Jordan, you saw him dominate on offense and athletically on defense, be able to stay in front of some of the quickest people, some of the most powerful people in the world, and be one of the best defenders. He had a year where he won MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. Right. Like, absolutely, positively nuts to be able to do that in one year. Yeah, Michael Jordan is number one for me because of all those things that he has. It fits all the criteria. Very hard to argue that. I mean, how many people get a commercial with basically named after them? I want to be like Mike. I mean, he was just, again, a global icon when in the early 90s. Unbelievable. Backed it up with the basketball play and just played like a champion every single day. Right, Nikki? I mean, I know that he's number one on your list. Yeah, he's number one on my list. I mean, yeah, Damian hit on all his achievements. My thing with him, though, is... Like, there's a lot to be said for self-motivation and grit and determination and just working harder than anybody else every single day because you did not like the result that you got, so you're just going to work and push that much harder. Like, his self-motivation is is just unmatched to me, and I think that The Last Dance really highlighted that, whether you think he's a good guy, a bad guy, you don't like his style with his teammates. Who cares? Because he's the greatest of all time. I don't think anybody has that type of self-motivation, grit, drive, determination to be the best. And what I really, really want to highlight is the fact that he always had respect for the game, maybe a little too much with the handshake. like. But he viewed himself as the best. And I think just in life, how you view yourself really separates you from good and great. Yeah, and the best, at, you know, at the very top. So you said it all right there, and you guys said something interesting. I want to circle back to Michael Jordan. I want to get a few more of these in as it's our great debate as to who belongs on the top and the top four and whatnot. So I'm going to put another one out there right now, but I want to come back to Michael Jordan with you guys. Here's another one, and we're going really old school. We're talking like 1912 right now, but I don't see how I can't put him on the list. With all the gold medals he won, we're talking about decathlon. For people who don't know what a decathlon is, that's freaking 10 different events, all right? Pentathlons. He played basketball, football, and baseball 
professionally, not in some like little league, not in the minors, not in college, professionally. He played pro ball till he was 41 years old. And we're talking about back in 1912, back in those times, unheard of for a guy who was an athlete 100 years ago. And I'm talking about, if you haven't figured it out by now, Jim Thorpe. He just belongs there. Have I seen any of his tapes? No, because I don't even think they had videotapes back then. But <laughs> but from what everybody has said and what I've heard and what I've read, I just don't see how it's possible to leave a man like that out. And we talked about Olympians uh, just two seconds ago. To me, he has to be the greatest, Damien. Damien. You know, that's a great pick. You know, somebody that you may forget about because of time because it's been so long since he was doing what he was doing. But when you mention those accomplishments, he had to be one of the best athletes, if not the best athlete for that time. And, you know, you still have awards named after him to this day. Right. Because how great he was. So Jim Thorpe is a great pick. Like, he wasn't on my list, but because, like I said, you forget about him because of time. Right. Very true. It's It's a great pick. Thank you very much. And Nikki, I, you know, I don't expect you to know a hell of a lot about Jim Thorpe. Not many people do. <laughs> and not I do. I really don't either. But when you listen to the accolades that I mentioned, and yes, I know it was a long, long time ago. But I, I don't care what era it is. If you're that dominating, like Babe Ruth was, okay, another man who can end up on this list somewhere possibly. You know, he played in the early 20s and so on. He started out as a pitcher, then became, you know, the greatest hitter ever. But some say that he played against weaker competition, which is true to an extent. But you can't control, Nikki, what time era you play in. No, you cannot. And I did not know all about that. (laughs) (laughs) But that is a hell of an athlete right there. So I would think that he deserves to be on the list. Yeah. Is he on your Twitter poll? Uh, oh yes, yes. He uh, made it very yeah, far. How far did he, make it? he made it to. Uh, I made up stupid names for all these things. Uh, I called it the Great Eight. So he made it to the Great Eight, and then um, okay. I think ended up losing to Jim Brown in that category. Which it's uh, hard to have arguments about that guy. He's another wonderful athlete. But uh, yeah, let's see who else we can name over here. Whose turn is it now, Damian? Yes. So for my number two, this guy is not liked. Right, he's not the most popular. Well, guy. we already said Michael Jordan, so go say somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Maybe there's a theme here with my athletes. Um, this guy, it was more about design, and him being a villain made him one of the richest athletes of all time. From a Floyd Mayweather Jr. Yep, I knew it. Nice. Floyd. A lot of people will say like he was boring in his fights. But for me, being a boxing guy, when you watch him, you go back and watch his fights, it was boxing at its best, right? The point of boxing is to hit and not get hit. And he did that better than anybody in history. He had the best connection percentage in history while also having the best at not getting hit in history, right? True. So when you think about that in boxing, to have that those accomplishments – are amazing. And the fact that he did it against some of the best of the best. Like, if you look at his resume, he has, he's beaten the most champions of future Hall of Famers of all time and stayed undefeated throughout it, right? Even if you don't count the last one against Conor McGregor, right? He's 50 and 0, but even if you don't count that one, 49 and 0, the 25 champions, I believe it's 15 Hall of Famers on his resume. Come on, man. Yeah. Like, you have to. You have to give this guy his respect, the speed, 
like to play ball. You don't play boxing. Right. He, he was able to be the best and that most dangerous sport for such a long time and also be able to change the sport forever. That's a big thing as well. His accomplishments, not in the ring, but out of the ring as a businessman, change things forever. So I had to give respect to Floyd Mayweather Jr. on my list. Well, you made a hell of a compelling case for him. I, you know, I, he, he's probably not in my top four, but you made a great case. Again, undefeated, and I'll, I'll count that 50, you know, you know, perfect record, obviously. And he had that one disqualification. No, it wasn't him. That was Roy Jones Jr. with the disqualification. Excuse me, forget what I said. But Floyd Mayweather... The thing, like you said, they hold against him is that he was more of a defensive fighter, but still, it was an art form. And with, like you, I'm so much of a boxing fan that I appreciate that. You don't need to go in there and wail on people like you're Mike Tyson. It's not going to work for your entire career. And that's why Floyd Mayweather was able to ask, uh, last excuse me, much longer than other guys did, uh, even fighting into his 40s. So great call right there. Maybe not in my top four. But Nikki, with, with his call with Floyd Mayweather right there, does it take anything away from you, um, you know, when you watch a guy fight or when you watch really anything, not pulling your punches necessarily, but playing more of a defensive game and trying not to lose? And I'm not saying that's what Mayweather did necessarily, Damien, but trying not to lose as opposed to going for that knockout. Nikki, do you have any thoughts about that? <laughs> I think that I need to become a boxing fan because Damien <laughs> talks about it every week and I'm just like I really need to like start watching I really do I need to go I need to start watching some fights I have to tell you guys you know I'm like the everyday fan on here I have not watched a boxing match I really haven't so sure let's stick them on the list yeah that, 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 <laughs> go ahead Damien I know I was just you know laughing at Nikki um, but we I just like I said with Mayweather with his accomplishments in that sport I feel like he has to be on the list Makes a lot of sense. I mean, really, again, never lost multiple titles. You know, people will say, well, Rocky Marciano, he went 56-0 or whatever. And, you know, he fought in a way different era and not against the greatest fighters. He was heavyweight division. So I don't put them in the same league uh, really at all. Floyd Mayweather was just a perfect artist. And boxing is not just about fighting. It's a mind game. It's a chess game. It's everything. I love it. And that'll bring me to my next guy. And I believe for a billion reasons that Muhammad Ali belongs on this list. It's so many different things. All right, listen, real quick. Cultural significance, his candid demeanor, how he had fun with the media. He talked the talk. He walked the walk. He made predictions when he was going to knock people out. He refused to go to the army now for religious purposes, amongst other things, and was suspended from boxing for three years. Ali was undefeated before he was stripped of his title for not going to the army. So he had never lost a fight in the prime of his life, beat Sonny Liston, who was one of the best at that point in the second round, knocked him flat on the ground, famous picture of that. And then he comes along, has a few fights, fights Jerry Corey back in the 1970, I think it was. Um, but again, he had a three-year layoff. And that's when we saw that famous fight against Joe Frazier uh, a year later in 71. It went 15 rounds. First time that Ali ever got knocked down. But the whole point behind this is, is that he never, if they never stripped him of his title and suspended him from boxing for three years of your prime, your absolute prime, I don't know if he ever would have lost the fight. And we're talking about the heavyweight division and we're talking about Muhammad Ali, the most just flamboyant, colorful, wonderful 
boxer you can ever imagine to interview and ask Howard Cosell from the grave. Muhammad Ali belongs on the list for me, Damian. Yeah, no, I definitely cannot argue against it. He, when you look at his young tape of him, you know, as Cassius Clay, he was a heavyweight with the speed of a middleweight and still was able to carry power at the heavyweight division. Yep. And people don't understand how, like, scary Sonny Liston was. Like, Sonny Liston was the Mike Tyson at this time. That's right. And, and Muhammad Ali was projected to lose that fight majorly. Like, people were scared for Ali because he was young, didn't have the experience of a Sonny Liston, and he was a smaller heavyweight going against Sonny Liston. And he was able to dominate him not once but twice. And it's his career is amazing, man. And not to mention, like you said, that's what he believed in, had to sacrifice three years of his career to do it, and came back and wasn't the same athletically, but was able to use his knowledge in the sweet science of boxing to still be successful. Even though he took some losses on the back end of his career, he still had great wins over George Foreman, Joe Frazier the second and third time they fought, right. Ken Norton. Right. Just unbelievable career, man. So Muhammad Ali is like his nickname's the GOAT for a reason. Like he's the first person when you think of the GOAT. Like now, because of the Jordan LeBron debate, you might think Jordan, but when initially that nickname of the GOAT was put out there, it was for Muhammad Ali. Man, I couldn't say it any better myself. That's it right there. And thank you. I, I, I meant to mention that, that Ali came back and won the last two fights. Frazier even refused to come out in the 14th. And actually, Muhammad Ali said that was as close to death as he ever felt in his life. Those fights were 15 rounds back then. It was like real Rocky type of stuff. It was crazy. So Muhammad Ali, for all those reasons, definitely on there. Uh, let's see if we can get a few more in. Um, I certainly have a couple of more. Uh, Nikki, I want to uh, – you. we're going to go Damien and then Nikki. Uh, let's see what you got to say after uh, Damien's the next one. This guy, you know, doesn't get the respect he deserves because of steroids, but Barry Bonds. Yeah. Like, okay. You think, of, you think of Barry Bonds, we talked about him on the show before, he was a Hall of Famer before steroids, and I've made the jokes about how, you know, I would name his documentary The Growing Up the Mind. Like right, that. right. <laughs> when you think about Barry Bonds and what he was able to do on steroids, I give him credit for that, because it's not like he was the only person doing it. And once he enhanced, it's not like it helps you with hand-eye coordination. It helps you with being able to know what's in the strike zone without the strike zone. It helps you physically, but not in those mental aspects of what he was able to do. And to dominate the way he did, where either it was a walk or a home run or a hit pretty much during those years in San Francisco later on. And plus defensively, like... He's still bases, was great on defense, probably the best hitter of all time. So I got to put Barry Bonds in this conversation. Nikki, what do you think? Given all you know about Barry Bonds, do you believe that he belongs up there? Yeah, I think he believes in the conversation, but I'm not putting him above, like, Serena Williams or anything like that. Um, you guys have any love for Serena Williams? Again, oh, yeah. Grand Slam. And listen, just coming, like, just being a woman, like, you know, she's got to work five million times harder to get the respect that a male athlete does. So what she has done for women in sports, I mean, she is way up there for me. Not MJ, but she's probably number two, three, you can make a case for. Now, listen, go ahead, Damien. I'm not arguing. 
No, definitely. Like, she definitely belongs in the greatest athlete of all time list. Now, I was just going off of the Twitter poll, which was the greatest male athlete, right? Right, right. Now, with Serena, she definitely belongs in every conversation where she talk about the greatest athletes of all time. You mentioned all the grand slams. Being a woman, the fact that she was pregnant when she won, I believe it was the U.S. Open, is crazy. I believe it was Netflix Australian Open. But absolutely nuts, the fact that she was doing that with a person growing inside of her. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, her ability and the fact that her sister is a Hall of Famer and she just overshadowed her sister in that way shows you how great she is, the greatest female tennis player of all time. Probably greatest tennis player of all time. So I'm definitely she's in the conversation always when it comes to greatest athletes of all time. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt about it, of course. And yeah, if we were just talking athletes, or if you know, just did a seven female athlete, and yeah, her, even a swimmer like Katie Ledecky, there's a lot that we could put in there, no doubt. I want to name uh, just one more. You know, Wayne Gretzky. I'm not sure if he's in my top. I'm not a big hockey fan, but. He's really just, you know, universally known as the greatest of all time. He actually would have led the league in points one year if he didn't even score a goal just based off assists. So that's how great he was. Multiple championships, multiple teams. The guy just absolutely dominated. And if you so much don't breathe as him wrong, his teammates would smash you to death because they did not want Gretzky hurt or anything like that. So he was one of those guys. I wrestled between with him and Jim Brown, of course, who is – all-around athlete from not just obviously football and being probably the greatest running back ever, but lacrosse um, in high school. He played everything, so on and so forth. So all these great athletes. And, Damien, I'm sure you have another one, but in because we're coming near a commercial break in the next, like, five minutes over here, I want to give this a little bit of time. Michael Jordan keeps winning everything, all right? He basically even won this one right here. He was number one on both of your lists, and I understand that. And I didn't mention him for that reason. When you stop and think about it, and I'm going to make a really quick testimony over here. And this is an unpopular opinion. It's not mine for the day. But is Michael Jordan really the GOAT of everything, of all sports in the world? Let's keep in mind, almost without a doubt, the greatest basketball player ever. Some like to say Wilt. Some like to say even LeBron at this point. Whatever it is. Universally recognized greatest basketball player ever. But what else? What else? All right. Baseball. We didn't see much. I don't know what kind of football player he was, you know, except for high school sort of stuff. So basketball. Yeah, he's the best at his sport. Like Wayne Gretzky is the best at his sport. But best athlete and the goat of everything. I don't know, guys. There are players again, like I just said, like even a Gretzky or we talked about a Floyd Mayweather who are flawless, basically, in their in their careers, who may be better than Michael Jordan. And I don't even want to mention Tiger Woods because I don't think that golf is a sport. You can go there if you want to, but I, golf is not a sport to me. But overall, real quick, and, and we'll take another commercial break but because you know we still have a little bit of time. But I, I would love to hear initial thoughts. Damien, if you want to go first, am I crazy? I know it's an unpopular opinion, but at this point, after everything I've seen, even with the Olympians we mentioned – I am really not sure that Jordan is the goat of goat of goats and should win every damn tournament that's out there. I get what you're saying, right? Because you do have athletes who are able to be dominant in multiple sports. Now, basketball doesn't really allow you to play other sports because the way the season is set up. So there may be other athletes like LeBron James, who could easily be in this conversation as well, who was 
you know, the top ranked wide receiver in high school. You probably could have played in the NFL, but, you know, basketball doesn't allow you to do that. So with, like, sports like football, you have athletes who could play baseball as well because the schedule lines up. Now, with Jordan, you think about his accomplishments in his sport, right? And the fact that in a sport where you have, I think basketball has the best athletes of any sport. Probably, yeah. So when you think about basketball having the best athletes and him being the best at that sport, and like I mentioned earlier, with basketball, you can dominate on both ends, and he was able to do that, being a defensive player of the year and also having 10 scoring titles. It's hard to argue against it, but you make a great argument as far as being more versatile, but with basketball, it's hard to hold that against people. I believe Russell Westbrook probably could be a great safety the way he plays basketball. He probably would be a <laughs> yeah. safety. <laughs> so there's athletes out there in basketball who probably play other sports, but today's athletes especially aren't going to play other sports. Even great football players who could be baseball players like Colin Murray and Russell Wilson, because they play the QB position, aren't going to be you know remembered as great baseball players, but are and just didn't take that time to be professionals in that sport. So I think the timing of things with today's athletes and also with basketball players, they can't play any other sports. Okay, and that's a great argument. It, it definitely is. I understand that, and that, that, that it's that's what it's like with most sports, basketball more than others. I totally understand that. I get it, and I get that. Of course, that he is the greatest at his sport, and it is probably hands down. But you even mentioned a guy like LeBron James, who is probably a better athlete. Uh, we know we could play football. We, we know we could probably do anything. And there's other guys out there that we probably even haven't mentioned yet. A guy like Bo Jackson, shortened career, but Nikki. I know you, again, you had Jordan, Nikki, as, as your top guy as well, but do you hear what I'm saying, or am I completely nuts? <laughs> no, I hear what you're saying, but yeah, I do think you're completely nuts. I mean, <laughs> so what, I, you know, so okay, like, it has to what, be versatile and be able to play a bunch of different sports? I mean, I don't know, I'm holding fast to... You can have all, listen, what drives you to greatness is what's inside of you. Like, do you have that just sheer desire to show up every single day and that desire to win and push yourself to the point of no return, no matter who you run over, who you offend, whatever it takes, you will be the best. And I, listen, you guys had a great debate. I didn't weigh in too much because, you know, be honest with you guys, I don't know all the ins and outs of some of these athletes, but just hearing all of your guys' arguments, I still don't see anybody or you can't convince me on anybody who's got the self-motivation to drive himself to greatness like Michael Jordan does. Again, he viewed himself as the best, and he is the best. Okay, golf is not a sport, but and, and, and I'm very clear about that. We only have a minute here, and I'd like to have another really quick segment with you guys, if you don't mind, because yeah, I, I really want to talk about this. Is Tiger Woods better at his quote-unquote sport, Damien, than Michael Jordan is? Oh, great question. I think Tiger Woods was more dominant. I, I think of him as like a Shaq. Okay. Like when Shaq was in his prime, the most dominant, but not the greatest because of Jack Nicholas having more um, majors. Right, but Bill Russell had more championships than Michael Jordan. True, but he also played in a time where it was like 12 teams. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't put that over Michael Jordan doing it in a different time with a lot more talent out there. 
Okay. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Nikki, I want to come back to you with this one. All right. I want to have just a few more minutes with you guys in this discussion because I think it's valid and I'm trying to make my points, maybe crawling out of a hole over here against these two guys. But look, Michael Jordan, all the due respect in the world to you over here from the third and three podcast from everybody. But I just need to talk about this a little bit more and have a little more fun with you guys over here before we close up shop. Third and three podcast on a Sunday. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Coming right back at you, babe. If I ever fall in love again, next time the lady will be just like you. Oh, yeah, we chilling right. We chilling right now. We got Shy over here. I was just telling uh, my friends off air over here. Shy was the name of one of my best buddies growing up. So uh, you can just imagine the fun we had with him. Anything that was I, we replaced it with Shy. And God bless you, Shy Hope Wall as well, man. Haven't seen you in a while, but that was a lot of fun. So we were talking about over here on the third and three podcast with Damian, Nikki, and myself about Michael Jordan being the goat of goats of goats of goats because he wins every tournament. So we're going to spend a couple of more minutes on that. And then we're going to get to unpopular opinion, which I can't wait for. We have so many other things to talk about. I don't know if we're going to get them all in today, but you know we're going to be back for it. So third and three podcast rolling right now. A little bit more on that MJ debate. I'll just kick off a little bit more, like I said, a little repetition, if you don't mind. Again, Wayne Gretzky being by far the most dominant player in his sport, hockey and basketball, completely different. But look, skating around and smashing people into the boards, that's a sport. That's tough. There's no doubt about it. Talked about Tiger Woods. I don't consider golf a sport. That's a whole other argument we're going to have. But maybe he was a little bit more uh, dominant at his sport as you know, you made the reference to Shaq, Damien, and stuff like that, which I respect. So, and Jack Nicholas, of course, does have the record right now. And Tiger had his back problems and other problems. We're not going to get into it. Bo Jackson could have been the greatest, but his career was shortened because of hip problems, back problems. Jim Thorpe, how do you compare him to a guy from 100 years you know, ago? So things are really tough. Muhammad Ali, I threw in Deion Sanders, who I think that all around maybe proved to be the best athlete out of all of them playing two sports at one time, more in the modern era. But Jim Brown is there. And my point is, guys, again, like I said, and we'll just rehash it real quick before we get to unpopular opinion. One more time, Damien, that Jordan, yes, you're right. Basketball is probably the most athletic sport. You need to have the most endurance for that. Maybe next to soccer is another one. And I don't watch soccer, so I'm not going to compare him to Pele right now, even though I know Pele is, you know, right up there with one of the best. And, I, you know, I guess you can say that. But Jordan being so dominant at his sport, yet not known for anything else, makes me think greatest athlete ever, goat ever. Not sure, but you bring out again the point how dominant he was at his sport against six championships for the most part in a row, I count them. I don't really count that Orlando series. So still, I'm not sold, man. Try to sell me one more time if you can. I'm not sold. Well, like I said earlier, man, with basketball, you have the best athletes, and he's the best of those best, right? And 10 scoring titles, so not only was he the best at putting the ball in the hole, right, which is, at the end of the day, that's the object of the game, right? He's the best all-time at doing that at points per game, right? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has the most total points, but points per game, Michael Jordan is still on top of that list with 30.1, right? Right. And there's a lot of 
James Harden is great at putting the ball in the hole, but he's awful. He's awful at keeping other people from scoring. Okay. Well, what do you? How do you compare? How do you compare Kobe Bryant to, to Michael Jordan? Kobe was great, right? But Kobe was a less efficient version of Michael. Right? Kobe was great on defense, but when you think about Michael Jordan, not only did you know he had a he was a high volume shooter, but he also shot a great percentage. He shot pretty much fifty percent for his career. Kobe Bryant was more down, like forty four percent, and Kobe had the luxury of having more of a green light to shoot three-pointers than Michael, right? Michael played in a time where the three-pointer wasn't as just looked on it the way it is today. Kobe shot a lot more threes and played five more years than Michael. So he had more total points. Going to get points per game efficiency, Michael is head and shoulders above Kobe. But Kobe definitely is great, second best shooting guard of all time, top 10 all time as a player. Like that's Michael. If you think about Michael's defense and his offense, and like Nikki mentioned, his psychological warfare that he played not only with himself but other teams and teammates to make everybody better, just puts them as the goal. And you know that is a testament to Jordan. And I'll ask you both this, starting with Nikki, and then we're going to move on to unpopular opinion. The the Bulls, I know they never went to a seventh game in the uh, in the NBA Finals, but the closest they came both times was to the Utah Jazz in those final two finals. Nikki, would Michael Jordan still be the goat if he lost even one of those finals against Utah? I think so, though. I mean, you got, if you just, yeah, no, I think so. Like, Damien, don't you think so? I mean, just take all the accomplishments. Like you said, the psychological warfare. I mean, you roll it all into one. You have, like, a superhuman athlete who just is, you go up against him, and he's a mental mind F. You know what I mean? Like, that messes with your opposition. I mean, I think there's so many factors here that line up for NJ being the greatest. Like, Jay, who the hell do you have above him? Who would you even put above him? Not in basketball. I don't have anybody in basketball above him. The only people I have anywhere near. Deion Sanders, a healthy Bo Jackson. Those would be two guys I'd put ahead of him. I'll take it. I'll take it. Why? It, uh, Wayne Gretzky. Who's a better athlete, Wayne Gretzky or Jim Brown? That's tough because with hockey, I don't have enough knowledge. I know Wayne Gretzky was great, and he was by far the greatest hockey player. But for hockey, it's hard to quantify those athletes for me and see who's the best, especially with the way the sport is played, with the quick substitutions. And are you great on defense or just offensively? But Wayne Gretzky is hard to know. Okay, so how about soccer? Cristiano Ronaldo, is he the best player that we've seen in the last 15, 20 years, something like that? It, that That's an offensive and defensive sport. Now, I know that we all aren't aficionados in soccer over here, but I would equate that to basketball in a way. Much bigger field. You're running all over the freaking place. Talk about endurance and stamina you need to play in that game. I mean, I, I don't have names off the top of my head. That's, you know, one of the ones that came besides Lionel Messi and other players like Pele I mentioned before, but... 
if we want to equate it that way, if you're like so dominant in your own sport, I get it. There are other players who were dominant in their own sport, and there are other players who were dominant in multiple sports. And I'm not going to start throwing Jim Thorpe's name in there right now, at, you know, with these other guys because it's a totally different era. But that's kind of my point. Dion did more. Bo did more. Byron. I mean, I, not that Brian Jordan's better than Michael Jordan. I'm not going to. I'm not going crazy. But he played two sports also professionally. So that's kind of just my point. If we're talking about athletic status overall, so I know that you guys are going to convince me. I, I mean, I'm not going to convince you. I, I, I know Michael Jordan's the best basketball player I've ever seen. LeBron James is close second, but it's still MJ. But again, if we're talking about this whole athletic thing, Damian, it, it's tough. It's not just MJ and, and a done deal. Yeah, no, I, like I said, you, you have some good points. But um, just to get back to Nikki's question, would MJ still be a GOAT if he was, say, 5-1 and one in the finals? I think so. Okay. Especially if that last year, right, the last year where Sky Pippen was having the back issues, uh, Dennis Rodman was starting to show his age, the reason they won that series was purely on Michael. So when if you look back at that series and say they lose to the Jazz, who had you know two of the greatest players of all time, and John Stockton, Tom Malone, great coach, and Jerry Sloan, if he loses that last series, then maybe you – you don't really take away any points because he still has all the other accomplishments of being a 10-time scoring champion, defense player of the year, five-time MVP. It's like all the other accomplishments still holds up so much weight. The 6-0 and o is still used by a lot of people in their argument for him being the GOAT. I try not to use it because I do feel like LeBron has played against better competition. Okay, okay. I so like I, that. I, I try not to use it, so I still think he would be the GOAT even if he was 5-1. and one. I, I like that a lot because LeBron, I, I think that he could have played in any era, honestly. You know, he's big and strong. He's tough. I think that he would have adapted to those Detroit Pistons type of, you know, type of era games and things like that. Jordan did. So, you know, I think that LeBron could have. And I think you're right because we talk about LeBron James going to nine finals, winning three, losing six. I don't care. He went to nine freaking finals and he didn't have the best team. So I, I, I like that argument. I like how you put it in this. So, all right, that's uh interesting, great debate we had over here. It was, hey, I didn't see it coming, but it happened. And that's what I love about this show. Anything can freaking happen. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. And uh, look, we got a few more things for you guys, but we're definitely going to get some unpopular opinion right now. Mine is still basketball related. I'll save it. I would love to hear what Damien's got. Also, my popular opinion, I went football today. And I know that we live in this fantasy football past happy era, right? And everybody's so in, enthralled with passing the ball and the ball just going all over the field. And they feel like it's more exciting to see that. But NFL teams should build their offenses around the running game instead of the passing game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And people might think I'm crazy for saying that, but hear me out. So last season, out of the top 10 passing teams, they talk about passing yards, only three of those teams made the playoffs. Kansas City, New Orleans, New England, right? And what do those three teams have in common? You got Patrick Mahomes, who's the best quarterback doing it today, Drew Brees and Tom Brady, who are both future first ballot Hall of Famers, both on my Mount Player Player and <laughs> quarterbacks. <laughs> Love it. Now, the other teams that are in the top 10, you got Tampa Bay, who had Jameis Winston last year. We all know how that went. Dallas with Dak Prescott. You had Atlanta with Matt Ryan. Carolina 
was in, no, not Carolina, excuse me, the L.A. Rams were in, I didn't read my handwriting there, the L.A. Rams <laughs> were in the top 10. Um, you had the Chargers in the top 10, Oakland and Detroit in the top 10 passing wide. So that shows you with those other teams that didn't make the playoffs how mediocre they were because they were just throwing the ball over the field and they didn't have things that would help out their defense, like time of possession. That's one thing that people do not talk about anymore is time of possession. They like it doesn't matter because you can just go up and down the field. If you're able to control the rock for the majority of the game, you put yourself in position to win. And these teams that I'm about to name now on the running side were able to do that. So you look at the top 10 rushing teams per when they had you know yards per game or just total yards, seven of the top 10 made the playoffs. Baltimore, Jay, San Francisco 49ers. Tennessee, Seattle, Minnesota, Buffalo, and Houston all made the playoffs and were all ranked in the top 10 in rushing. They were able to control the ball, and it helped their defenses out a lot. And it doesn't have to be boring. It doesn't have to be the three yards in the cloud of dust. You can be very creative when you're running the attack. Like San Francisco, for example, is very creative in the way they run the ball. Baltimore is very creative in the way they run the ball. Now, Tennessee's more traditional, but they have a monster back there who you can be traditional with, in Derrick Henry. When you run the ball, you set up everything in your offense. And I think that because of fantasy football, because of the highlights of passing ball down the field and high scores, we forget that running the ball is a foundation for winning. And we should build around running the ball, and we should pay running backs. Another unpopular opinion, you should pay your running backs if you have a not only running back by committee, but if you have a running back who truly carries the load for you, you should get paid as such. So running the football should be the foundation for offenses, not passing the ball, is my unpopular opinion. Well, I think that unpopular opinion goes more toward the generation of, you know, let me see 55 points on the board as opposed to guys like, you know, you, me, and Nikki who really know football and understand that running does win and that play-action football does win because when you're running the ball well, it opens up your wide receivers. It brings the safety in the box. It does everything. So I totally agree with that. Offensive line has to be in with it. But you know what, man? If it's an unpopular opinion, I'm with you on the unpopular opinion. I would rather build my my offense around the running game, Nikki. I'm with him. Oh, yeah. I don't think – well, it's not an unpopular opinion here. Ground and pound, baby. Like, yes, you know, <laughs> the running game opens everything up. And, Jay, you make a great point. It is. It's this gamified um, generation. Like, I mean, people – like, listen, you talk gamified. People are, like, buying stocks and using that as gambling because there's been no sports, right? It is. Let's, let me see 55 points. It's, oh, you know, I, I, let me see my quarterback go off for crazy passing yards. i got to win my fantasy. Yeah, that's great. But listen, the game is won in the trenches. Give me a solid offensive line and give me a great run game. And like you said, Damien, control the rock, control time of possession because it does matter. And you are set up to win. Like, that, I am with you there 100%. I'll take a run game any day. Yep, I think, Damien, you're being smart on that one. And, again, it may be an unpopular opinion, but I think the people who know football and understand it would definitely agree with you, man. So I like that one a lot. All right, Nikki, um, your unpopular opinion is that Eli Manning is going to be in the Hall of Fame, so let's skip past you and go on to the next one. No, I'm just kidding, sweet. (laughs) All right, Nikki, what do you got? (laughs) Oh, man. My unpopular opinion, uh, all right. 
think wrestling, WWE, F, whatever, not like, you know, real wrestling, but I think wrestling is the stupidest shit I have ever seen <laughs> in my entire life, okay? I don't know if this is a boy thing. Now, let me practice this. I have a younger brother by two years. Okay, he just tortured me and my sister. I think he thought he, we were like, you know, those wrestling buddy pillows, right? Like, he had like yeah. a snake and like, you know, uh, he just was like, I want to pile drive you guys into the ground. Like, so <laughs> torture side of fact, you know, let's just put that aside. How about the fact that my brother also used to invade my Barbie dream house with his stupid wrestlers, okay? Oh <laughs> my god, I love <laughs> it. playing Barbies, and here he comes with, like, Stone Cold Steve Austin, the Undertaker's dropping through my roof, we got a Ninja Turtle. <laughs> I mean, so, I, I haven't rolled with this for a long time. But then you sit down and watch it. It is so fake. I mean, it, it how is. do people get into this? Like, it is so scripted you could tell it's overacted it's so dramatic it's like almost they're make they know the jokes on them i don't know but i cannot sit through it i have no idea how i can't even call it a sport how this show has fans i mean i don't know you guys convince me but to me it is just a complete waste of time and it is so stupid nikki i think it's both a popular and an unpopular opinion because they're <laughs> There are people who just love it, and I'm not one of them. So I agree. Look, when I was a kid, I'm not. I'm not going to lie. When I was a kid, up until about honestly, maybe ten years old, I watched wrestling. And then when The Rock came along, I used to watch him not for his wrestling, for what he was going to say, because I thought he was hysterical. So I just really stopped watching after Hulk Hogan, you know, body slamming Andre the Giant, 1983 or 85 or whatever year it was. I just stopped because it was too fake. But the one thing I will say, Damien, to their credit, you want to talk about athletes? Those guys are fantastic athletes, and they take a beating. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention, is that a lot of these guys who are wrestlers are former college football players. Some of them even you know, spent some time in the NFL. You got former guys like there was a guy who, when I was younger, named Shelton Benjamin, who wrestled who was at University of Minnesota, not only was All-American in wrestling, was All-American in track, right? So you have, like, a lot of great athletes out there, and it's scripted, but you still can have great matches because of these great athletes. Like, when you watch these guys jump off top rope and do moonsaults and do, you know, twist the world slams and things like that, the athleticism is what catches my attention, right? And for me, watching wrestling is the equivalent of when women watch reality TV shows. <laughs> one of these guys is gonna be like well nikki that's like when you watch housewives but no I, i'll give you the athleticism but like i i, I just i don't know Dean. i can't get into it like it's they're following a script like and i will say this reality tv they, the producers gently push push the contestants or the reality stars the talent into a direction they want this is just all scripted like it is. There's but, no spot Like I don't understand. You can get into it. These guys love it, though, right, Davey? And they they die they die for it. They love it. Yeah, no, they do take a beating. Like there's a lot of these guys. Like you look at someone like the Undertaker, for example. He's had over like twelve surgeries over his career because they do take a beating. So it is like it's scripted, but it's also very hard on the body. So they do. It is like that's why some people consider it a sport because of how hard it is on their body. 
Now, I don't consider it a sport. Don't get me wrong. I do not consider it a sport because it is scripted. But what makes it entertaining is the storyline, right? And when I was growing up, watching someone like Stone Cold Steve Austin go crazy and beat up this man or the rock, you <laughs> how great the rock is on the microphone. That's one thing that makes wrestling great is how great these guys are improvising when they're on the microphone. And the matches, a lot of times they'll have it scripted to where they know who's going to win. But the in-between, the beginning and the, the end, a lot of that's them improvising and coming up with things on the fly. Right. So these guys have a great talent for coming up with things on the fly, improvising, great talent on the mic. I think that's one thing that's really underrated is being able to speak to people live. you got 20,000 people in this audience, millions watch across the world, and you got to be funny and clever right then and there. And you might have you know, some idea what you're going to say, but a lot of times you're playing off of a different other person. Right? So you'll hear like yeah. The Rock say all these crazy things. A lot of those things are improvised. So for me, it's the storylines. I don't think the storylines today, like I always watch today, but it's PG rated today. So the storylines aren't going to be as good as when I was a kid. And it was, you know, TVMA with Stone Cold Steve Austin flipping off the crowd and stuff like that. So for me as a kid, there's more nostalgia for the storylines. And yeah, for me, I really think it's the equivalent of watching reality TV because it's the storylines that get you. Yeah, it's it's like reality TV for men. That's basically what it is. It's soap opera for men. And <laughs> but you know what? It works. And, you know, I, I get why people like the entertainment. Nikki, again, I'm with you. I'm not into... The, 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 the script, I'm not going to call it fake because these guys do get hurt and they're athletes and everything like that. But, yeah, it's really not my particular cup of tea. So continuing with unpopular opinion, I like what I'm hearing so far out of you guys. Uh, let's see what you think about this one. Here's my unpopular opinion of the day. LeBron James is still the best player in the NBA. And we've been hearing for years about who's going to overthrow LeBron from the NBA throne. And in my opinion, he still owns the NBA throne on and off the court. It was going to be Kevin Durant going back two, three, even four years ago. He was trending in that direction, but he needed to go to the Warriors to his 73-win team to get his championships. Yeah, I know that LeBron went to Miami, but they came together and he was the leader as a cohesive unit and went to four straight championships. Anyway, winning two. Giannis is probably as athletic as LeBron is, or maybe even more at this point, but he doesn't have the knowledge, the court vision that James does. He d- he doesn't have the passing ability. Kawhi Leonard may be the next candidate, but he's not ready yet to overthrow LeBron James. So we hear all this about LeBron James, you know, not being the best player anymore and him taking a step back and everything. And James Harden now is the most prolific scorer in the league. And what about Anthony Davis and this and that? Let me tell you something. LeBron James last year, when he got injured on Christmas Day, I believe it was against the Warriors, had the Lakers in fourth on a brand new team and abandoned misfits. I'm sorry to call them that, but they, because of LeBron, they became a team and they were just getting better and better and better and better. And they would have been a playoff team where ranked, I don't know. But we saw what he did this year before the coronavirus came out. And he was more than worthy of getting the MVP. I know that Giannis was the front runner, and that's fine. But I still believe that LeBron is the best NBA player in the world. His nine straight, his nine straight finals appearances, ten overall. I mean, that's completely insane. Like Tom Brady, who give me a break. The mileage he puts, he plays every game. He very rarely ever gets hurt. So LeBron James at age thirty-five, going to be thirty-six in December. To me, that's not old because I'm freaking forty. But so many people say he's not the guy anymore, uh, Damian and Nikki. But I think that LeBron James is still 
the best player in the NBA. And I'm not going to say by far, but if I'm starting a, you know, a game or anything like that, he's still my number one pick, Damian. No, it's definitely hard to argue against that. Um, only reason I can see why you say it's unpopular because they have been you know, people talking about maybe Kawhi Leonard or Giannis Antetokounmpo. But LeBron, he's amazing, right? And the year before last, you mentioned how he had the Lakers in fourth before he got hurt. So it was great to see that. But he did take a step back defensively. I think that's what people were pointing to with Giannis. He has a chance this year to do what Michael Jordan did in 88, win MVP and Defensive Player of the Year because he's so dominant on both ends. And with Giannis, we haven't seen an athlete like him really um, with his size, his strength, the fact that he's able to – I saw one play where he took two steps from half court. And he's got <laughs> like it's, it's dumb what he's able to do with his athleticism and his size. And now he's starting to get a, a more comfortable jump shot. Um, I, I think I tweeted the other day after watching the scrimmage where he just pulled into a three-pointer and did it comfortably and smoothly and nothing but net. And once he has that in a more consistent fashion, it's like, what do you do with this guy? LeBron's the same way. Like, LeBron, once he got his jump shot, it was like, what are you going to do? And he's definitely one of the best passers of all time. And he's the second greatest player of all time, in my opinion, and has been the best player for a very long time. And there's always going to be people who want to challenge that throne or, you know, people speaking like us who want to just throw fight in that conversation. Kevin Durant is definitely a qualified person. But like you mentioned, it takes away points, the fact that he joined a 73-win team to beat LeBron. Right. That definitely way points, and I will never have him over LeBron because of that. And that's one thing that Kevin Durant got mad about because he's like, I went hit head with LeBron and won, but you went to a team that was already in the finals and lost to LeBron in game seven by four points. Exactly. Like, the difference, four point difference, shouldn't be Kevin Durant. I like so that. For me, I think that LeBron is still definitely has an argument as the best player in the league. And like you said, if you have one game, you definitely want LeBron on your team for that one game. Do you have a seven-game series? Is it LeBron? That's the question. Because Kawhi last year proved that he could be the best guy when it comes to a seven-game series, getting you a championship. Giannis may be taking over that throne this year. I can't wait for the playoffs to start. So it's definitely a great argument for LeBron still being the best guy. But those other guys have definitely closed that gap to where the argument is valid. Makes sense. All right. It, look, it makes sense. I hear you. I still think that he is – Un- undoubtedly, maybe not the right word, but I definitely believe that he is still the best. Again, he's such an unbelievable passer. He doesn't even get as much credit as I feel he deserves for that. I understand him taking a step back on defense last year because he had to do so much more on offense. Now he doesn't really have to do that. <clears throat> Excuse me, when Anthony Davis is healthy, he can give him the ball a little bit more. So that, again, can make his game better and the players around him. Nikki, so after hearing Damien and myself speak about LeBron and his age and the other players coming to get him, as we have a few minutes left here before we end the show on third and three podcast, am I crazy for saying that LeBron James still is today, even with all these great players in the league right now, the best in the NBA? No, you are not crazy because what King does not love anyone coming for his throne because you know what that's just gonna add fuel to the fire and i think we're in for some fireworks so no you are not crazy i like that i like that yeah i mean listen this guy's hungry he wants to win another title he would love to win one in la you know he's never going to be the the los angeles laker that ever he's not going to be beloved 
like Magic, like Kobe, like Kareem, you know, like other guys. But if he can win another title with his third team, which is what Kawhi Leonard is trying to do, I would. I I know LeBron is thinking about that, Damien. He wants to do that before Kawhi gets it done. Definitely. I can't wait to see. Hopefully they meet in the West Conference Finals, excuse me, with the Clippers and Lakers. We're going to see that matchup. And maybe that's where he proves that he's still a guy. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. You know, they're very evenly matched teams. You know, they're one and two. I know Lakers on top right now. That's very, very interesting. Can't wait. They get started on the 31st, I believe. Baseball's back in action. We're going to see what happens with football. Getting very scary over here as we're an NFL uh, predominant show, but we can talk hoops anytime. And look, we even talked hockey and basketball today. So how do you like that, sucker? Even the WWE, what you know. All right, so we can do anything on this show. Third and three podcast. That's where we're at. My name is Jason Fearman at Sports Profit One on Twitter. Also catch my my solo show, excuse me, uh, Root for Sports Podcast, where recently I named the top 25 players, in my opinion, that are the most feared in the NFL. So give that, uh, you know, check it out. Same station where you get third and three podcasts. Nikki, quickly tell everybody where they can find you and then Damien, follow it up. At Nikki Nick, 9384 on Twitter and Instagram. Always a pleasure with you guys and all the listeners out there. Give uh, Jay and Damien's podcast a listen because they're amazing. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you so much, much, Nikki. Yes, so you can find me at The Real Deal, W-D-A, on all platforms, social media-wise. And our podcast is called The Real Deal with Damien Adams, which is available everywhere. And the 33 podcast, man, dope, super dope. Subscribe, share with your friends. Yeah, man, I would definitely do that. Listen, we love this show, and we're not even just – we just we have a great time. This is awesome. We look forward to it. It's Sunday morning, and, you know, we could be out doing a million things, but we want to be here talking to each other, talking to you, feeding you the knowledge, hopefully giving you a few good laughs. Third and three podcasts. We're going to keep it going. Hopefully we have NFL soon, and then the action really starts, guys. Our shows may go five hours long. You never know. So check us out, and don't forget <laughs> – Go to Twitter, Third and Three Podcast. Follow us. We'll follow you back. Say goodbye, kids. Bye. Bye. Later. Third and Three, we're out.